We have seen over the last year that preventative measures like lockdowns and closures have greatly affected our human connection and mental health. I have struggled with how the church can best respond to this crisis, but the Vatican has responded. The Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development published a document about the psychological effects of the pandemic and ways to move forward. The document says that part of the mission of the church is to accompany, listen, welcome, and show compassion to our brothers and sisters who are suffering. It goes on to say that one of the best ways to accompany people during the pandemic is through virtual ministry. It says that hospital and prison chaplains have been using phones, tablets, and computers to support patients and healthcare workers and detainees. This is something that should not end when the pandemic is over. Most importantly, we can't forget the power of prayer and sacraments. Penance, anointing of the sick, and most of all, the Eucharist are sources of grace that we cannot forget nor deny others. We pray for an end to this pandemic. As we approach that end, let's keep a special eye out for those who are struggling the most. Reach out to them, pray for them, and continue to stay close to the church and the sacraments. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chen. And we are back with an all-new episode. Um, um, how's the week been, Billy? It's amazing. Amazing weather. Everything is good. You Finally. know, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> weather is amazing. And also, you know, the the number of COVID-19 people, patients are, are going down in Ontario. In Ontario, yes. Yes, yes. I do not know how it is in other places uh, in the United States. Uh, um, I know in other countries is not, it's not uh, getting better. In fact, I just finished doing a series of, I'm, I'm working on a series of programs uh, on, on ethics, yes, ethics and I pandemics. Yeah. You, you've heard about it, right? So in the first one we did was about vaccines. The second one is going to air next Wednesday, uh, June 9th at 8 p.m. And it's all about uh the people who've been most affected by this pandemic. Oh. So we're looking at obviously countries, some countries, and right now like India and Brazil that are very affected, but they're not just affected because they have more COVID cases. They're affected because they don't have the resources. So they don't have basic things like oxygen tanks. I and, see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the show, the program is amazing. I watched that uh, last week and uh, you, you know, you'd actually let me understand a lot more about uh, the morale, ethics, and, uh, oh, and the vaccines. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. So that's ethics. I guess that's a good plug for my show. Ethics and pandemics. Uh, people can watch it on Salt and Light Plus. Um, and maybe that's a good reminder for our, our listeners in the United States and in Canada, if you're outside our broadcast area, you can now have access to all our, our programming, Salt and Light programming. Mm -hmm. Uh, with a subscription to our Salt and Light Plus service. So just go to our website, slmedia.org, and click on... Actually, I don't think you need to click because you'll get a little a little, a little screen that, that, that tells you that you can subscribe. Um, some programs are for free, but if you want access to the full thing, you can subscribe uh, to SL Plus, although Ethics and Pandemics is free. So you can watch that program for free. Um, so that's at smedia.org. There you go. Thank you, Billy. Thank you for uh, watching my show <laughs> and for saying good things about it. Uh, it is a good program. And the second one on June 7th, uh, 
uh, ethics and pandemics is called lost and forgotten. Who has this pandemic left behind? Mm. Um, so that'll be a very, very interesting conversation as well. Anyway, today on the Salt and Light Hour, we are going to be speaking with Jillian. Jillian is back to tell us something that she learned from her kids. That's in about 10 minutes. And then Billy, you have a question. Yeah, I have a question about go to heaven. About who? About going to heaven. About going to heaven. How to go to heaven. Okay, so if people want to know how to go to heaven, uh, stick around in about 15 minutes. Billy will have a question in Church for Dummies. Um, you always say that the question is about something, and then when we get to it, it's about something it's not, completely yes. different. Um, so anyway, I'm sure there's some relation there to getting to heaven. And then, okay, here, so here's my question to you, Billy. Yes. Do you have a devotion, or are you familiar with a devotion mm -hmm. to the Sacred Heart? Oh, no, I don't. I mean, I know what is that. I always look at the pictures, but <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, you can see this picture everywhere, you know, in, in, in a lot of different churches. I even went to uh, uh, Paris to the Sacred Heart, uh -huh, the Sacred Heart uh, Basilica. It's amazing. It's very beautiful. Right. Okay. Well, good. So I think that you're, I think that most people are probably like Billy, that they've heard about the Sacred Heart, <laughs> Sacre Coeur. They, they know something about it. I mean, they know about the Feast of the Sacred Heart, which is next Friday, um, but maybe they don't know anything more. So yeah. Why is this picture? Why well, is like that? Why these and hearts? Well, you know, I, I'm glad you asked because that's what <laughs> we're going to be talking about today in our second half hour. We're going to be speaking with Emily Jaminette. She is the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, and she mm. just wrote a book, and the book a is book called Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 wow. Ways to Claim Jesus's Promise in Your Life. Um, I'm showing Billy the book here. Of course, our listeners can't see the book. Secrets. Oh, there's a lot to learn then. It's a whole Secrets, book about Sacred Heart. Whole, I'm sure there are more than just one book, but this is the <laughs> latest book, uh, Secrets of the Sacred Heart by Emily Jaminet. So we're going to be speaking uh, to uh, Emily Jaminet about this. Um, and I mean, about St. Mary, I, I mean, you might've heard of Sister, uh, Sister, yeah, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Yes, uh, yes. And so she had visions of Jesus and Mary who revealed to her uh -huh. the form of the devotion to the Sacred Heart. So we're going to learn all about that in our second half hour. So I hope people can stick around. And then at the end of the show, we have a new singer-songwriter, Billy. Again. Uh, yeah, you, you told me, right? Every every week. you Every week one. until the end of the, of the season. <laughs> so, um we are going to be meeting Wade McNutt. Uh, Wade is a singer songwriter. He's a piano player, piano teacher. Uh, and I first heard of Wade in the uh, OCP Salt and Light TV co-production Music and Mission, another show that is uh, airs on Salt and Light television, Music and Mission. Um, and Wade has just released his very, very first album. So we're going to be listening to some of his music and we're also going to get to meet Wade at the end of the show. So I hope that if people are not able to stick around, you know, you are driving, you arrived at your destination, know that you can always uh, go to our website, slmedia.org and look for podcasts. And there you can listen to the Salt and Light Hour. Uh, and you can also, of course, also podcast the show on, on your Roku or, or Amazon Fire now through the app, through the SL Plus app and uh, Spotify and anywhere you can get your podcasts. So no excuses. It's the best there. podcast best the best so there you go if you like the podcast make sure you put in a little comment that says the best podcast so that other people can also <laughs> find the salt and light hour catholic podcast okay so let's start with the song 
Here is Wade McNutt with My Soul Proclaims from his new album, Fall Into Your Love. Wade McNutt with My Soul Proclaims from his new album, Fall Into Your Love. And we're going to be speaking with Wade McNutt in about 45 minutes, so I hope that you can stick around for that. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to slmedia.org podcast. All our programs are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. 
Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I hope you had a good end of the Easter season and Pentecost and Trinity Sunday and and uh, you've learned there's a lot lesson. going on. It's was, really hard to keep track of all back, of the... We're back in ordinary time. So do you have an ordinary <laughs> lesson for us today? <laughs> it's pretty ordinary or extraordinary, depending Ooh. on your perspective, I suppose. Today's lesson is be like Jane, be confident. <laughs> Jane possesses an incredible amount of self-esteem. She is uh, any sort of self-help coach or motivational speaker has nothing on her. Jane knows what she can do and she's not afraid to do it. She's great. Um, some examples of things that Jane might say uh, when I'm helping her with one of her like, little school workbooks, Jane, you're doing awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, or um, she quickly moved on from training wheels, used training wheels for about one week, then asked uh, David to take them off of her bike. And like in seconds, she's zooming down the sidewalk. No fear. Jane, that's awesome. You're doing so great. And she whizzes by. I know. She yells over her shoulder. <laughs> and then my personal favorite was the day that we were out for a walk. And this man was running towards us, approaching us. He's like decked down in his full running gear. He's clearly training for something. Mm -hmm. And he's going along at quite a clip. And Jane is watching him. She stops. Then she looks up at me. Mommy, look at him. He's fast. Like me. <laughs> so, so Jane knows, she knows what she can do and she claims it for herself. She's good. She's great. Um, but the thing also about Jane is that she's very easily embarrassed. She's pretty shy. So if, if actually she knew that I was telling you this story, <laughs> she would start caving in on herself. Um, but even if I said something at the supper table in front of the other family members, like today, Jane did this, it was really incredible. Like if I said anything like that, mm -hmm. she would get, she would just stop talking. She would either get very shy or very grumpy, depending on her mm -hmm. state of mind that day. Um, because she knows what she can do. She is confident, but she also doesn't need to advertise it to the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. She's just very comfortable owning that skill and claiming it and living it and I know, you know, I guess broader, bigger picture, you know, maybe one day she'll be comfortable sharing it with who needs it, whatever, whatever skill that might be. But right now, all she just, she just, she knows that, you know, I can run well, I can bike really fast, I can, I can do my schoolwork. And that's, that's kind of for her. It's those mm -hmm. things are for her. So when I, when I say be confident, be like Jane, I really am. It's a lesson for myself because <laughs> I suffer from grown-up disease where if anyone was to ever offer me a compliment, um, I might be able to awkwardly accept that compliment, but then it's also immediately followed up by all my life's failings that I've ever, <laughs> that I've ever occurred. So like, Jillian, these cookies are really yummy. Oh, well, thanks. But you should have tried the first batch. They were terrible. Or I feel like these ones, I mean, they're a bit too crunchy. I didn't really mean for them to turn out like that. You know what? Just accept the compliment. Just say yes. thank you yes. would be great. But for whatever reason, I get that verbiage that just won't stop. I just need to offer up all of my, I guess it's, it's maybe a matter of, you know, wanting to appear humble or mm -hmm. um, that just don't be, don't, you know, that, don't be so egotistic, like just keep yes. it calm, keep it low. So, but I've taken it maybe a little too far. So mm -hmm. I got to work on that. Um, but then there's also that, that feeling that if you can claim a talent, you feel like, you know, maybe I am doing something well, or maybe I can um, share this with the world. There, it becomes a, maybe a bit of a pressure too. Um, and I guess 
as a stay-at-home mom and being connected with other stay-at-home moms, I see it in a different way than maybe other people see it. For example, well, I guess backtrack, um, it's maybe a, a desire to be a bit more visible. We obviously, as moms at home, do a lot of the hidden work yeah. um, and there's not a lot of recognition. So when we do have that skill or that talent that somebody has recognized in us, then maybe it's a bit of, um, we feel a little bit of a kick, like, well, what, how should I use this? Maybe this can be my thing. Maybe somehow somebody else can recognize me for that. Like mm -hmm. that felt nice. Maybe I can offer this up somewhere that it can be used for something. And, you know, it's just nice to be recognized for it. So maybe for example, like if you, can you've, you've sewn something for someone well maybe I should sew other things and I could try to sell them or if you have written something nice and someone compliments you on that then well I should maybe write a book about something and I use those examples because it's where my brain is at right now <laughs> those uh -huh. are two of the things that I've kind of tried to you know maybe those can be my shtick I've experienced that in my own life where I'm like maybe I can sell these wares or maybe I right. could write and get published but the other day I was out for a bike ride with Jane and Leo and I was uh, just riding behind Jane and Leo was in the trailer behind my bike. Jane is singing at the top of her lungs. She is having a merry old time, just pedaling away as fast as she can go. And I'm riding behind her. And the thought in my brain was, I love this. I love bike riding. This is so fun. And I, as I was continuing on the bike ride, I thought, you know, it just felt light and airy like I recognized um, something about myself that I was really enjoying but it felt a little different than it had in a long time like I just I was just happy I just felt free mm -hmm. and I realized it's because my thought process was this is fun I love bike riding and that's where it stopped I didn't think to myself this is so fun I love bike riding I should become a professional biker Instead, I was just content and happy with the skill. I was confident in what I was doing. I was happy with how I was using it to, to be with my kids. And that's it. There was no mm -hmm. strings attached, no extra pressure for how can this be my next big project. It was just, I'm just riding a bike and mm -hmm. it's fun. And I felt a little bit like Jane in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like I'm confidently riding my bike and I'm just doing it for myself and I'm loving it. And it felt so nice. And so that's what made me want to share this lesson with you today. Be confident. Be like Jane. Just ride your that. I love that. And just remind <laughs> us how old is Jane? Because last I saw her, she was like one. Yeah, no, she's five. So <laughs> she is five riding already. her bike. Oh my she goodness. is five. Yes. <laughs> she's five. I was going to say, isn't she three? Five-year-old Jane, confident, just <laughs> like her mom. Her mom is trying to keep up with Jane. Thank you, Jillian. That's a very important lesson. And, and that confidence that comes, I think, from just being a child of God, that I think uh, is something that we sometimes forget. Thank you. Jillian Cantor, always learning something from her kids. She's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, five-year-old Jane, and little Leo. Hi, this is Josh Blakesley, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, who has a question that's going to help us get to heaven. Yes, you know, when I, the more I think about this question, the more I think I cannot go to heaven. 
Is it serious? It's so serious. Okay. So serious. What did you do? Pedro. What did you do? Okay. So, you know, you, you know, last two weeks ago, I asked yep. about a uh, um, question about uh, forgiveness. Uh, what if we angry with God, right? Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Right. So now, you know, when we are angry, that basically means there's something that we cannot forgive. So okay. we we are holding it, right? We are holding it inside our heart. But when we when we say the Our Father, it's sad, you know. In the middle of Our Father, it's sad. Uh, if uh, please forgive me, Father, you forgive me. If as as well as just like I how I forgive people. You're translating from Chinese. Yes, forgive us our <laughs> trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes. I just cannot say it in the middle, right? You know, when you say a prayer, <laughs> yes. I cannot say it. Okay, I need to say it all. Yeah, I need to say the whole prayer. So yeah, yes. so 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 forgive that God will forgive us as we forgive the other people. Yes. So does it mean if I cannot forgive, I cannot get forgiveness from God, and I will go to hell? Okay. No. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to say no because I think that's a little extreme. And as I said two weeks ago, God is love. God is perfect justice. God is perfect mercy. God is perfect love. So God's uh-huh. going to do everything He can to make sure everybody gets to heaven. Um, and if we are angry, I mean, God, you can be angry at God. So that's uh-huh. kind of one one part. And when I think we, okay. we we talked about that two weeks ago. Yes. Um, the whole part of forgiveness. Um, let me just clarify. So, are you saying that if you're not able to forgive, will that prevent you from going into heaven? Correct. That's my question. That's your question. Um, I don't think so. I think that we need to be able to forgive. Um, um, you know, I when when people that I know are are dying usually what I pray is that they don't die until they are ready to, to go home. And and I think that part of what I'm praying for is what you're saying, that they're able to forgive, that they're able to let go, that they're able to find healing in this earth before they can, because I don't know what it's like. I don't know if that adds time to your purgatory or uh, um, I think that once you get to heaven, you will be able to forgive perfectly. So maybe if you haven't forgiven here, maybe once you enter heaven, you're able to forgive and it makes so no you difference. you mean I still have some time after I die before going to heaven? It's Well, if you go into purgatory, yes. So so okay. maybe maybe part of what is happening in purgatory as we are being purified is that we're learning perfect forgiveness. I, I don't know. I'm just ass- yeah. assuming here. But I, I think that there's a deeper question here as to why we need to forgive that that we don't we you don't so if billy if you hurt me if you hurt me again sorry if I <laughs> if you hurt me first of all i don't need you to apologize in order to forgive you um oh, okay I, I i don't you you don't need to be sorry for what you did for me to forgive you and me forgiving you doesn't mean that i'm saying that it's okay what you did to me like those things are completely separate. So I'm not forgiving you because of Billy. I'm forgiving you. It's, it's an act of self-healing for me. I'm forgiving you for myself. I just finished reading a book about a, a, a survivor from Auschwitz. Um, she was one of the twins that Mengele worked on when she was 10 years old. And uh, she survived. And she eventually made a public 
profession of forgiveness to the Nazis and to people. And she, a lot of the other Auschwitz survivors criticized her because they felt that when she forgave the Nazis, she was actually saying that what they did was okay. And she's saying, no, I, they don't need to apologize. I'm not saying that, that what is okay. I think that justice is needed, but I need to forgive because I need to let, let them go. Because if you don't forgive that, if, if you require the other person to, to, to apologize, mm -hmm. then that other person still has power over you. So oh, you need to forgive okay. them in a way that doesn't give them power. So it's, it's like, it's like having a debt. If you take a hundred dollars from, if I lend you a hundred dollars and you never pay me back, I can be angry at you forever because you never paid me back. Or I can say, you know what, Billy, keep the hundred dollars. I don't need them anymore. They're yours. So that's forgiveness is letting, letting you free of the debt. You don't owe me anything else. You, when you hurt me, you took something away from me. When I forgive you, I'm saying, keep it. I don't need it anymore. You no longer have power over me. So forgiveness is an act of self-healing. And I think that we all need to be able to do that before we die. Does it mean uh, forgive? Does it mean forgiveness? Does it mean that we need to forget as well? No, in, in your, no? no, not at all. Forgiveness does not mean, and that's another misunderstanding. I don't think so. I think that, that um, we need to remember that we've been hurt. That, that, that we need to remember what happened at, in, in, in the concentration camps in Auschwitz. But that doesn't mean that they can't, that we can't forgive um, so that we, again, we forgive so that we can move on. So forgive means never mind. That means, you know, we don't, we don't care about that anymore. But we, it, it means that it doesn't have power over us. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a grip deep. over us. It's you're letting go. Um, it's a, it's a difficult thing for a lot of people, but I think that if people start thinking about forgiveness in that sense, first of all, it's not for the other person who hurt you, it's for yourself. And, and, and once you're able to do that, you will be, it'll be like this, this, this anger and bitterness and all this yeah. that you carry with you will be lifted completely and you will no longer be bound But by that hurt that was yeah. done to you, I, I think it's very difficult. The reason is first, human beings are emotional. Yes, uh, we are true. very attached to emotions. We need to sit down and in a quiet place, do some mind work in order to forgive. So you need to think, you need to rationalize, you need to ask God for help. I think that's yes, that's, and pray, pray, yeah. pray that God asks you for. That, that God helps you with that forgiveness. I mean, we're going to be talking about the Sacred Heart in, 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 in just a few minutes. Maybe asking the Sacred Heart that is perfect yeah. love to help you forgive. Um, wow, that's that's very deep. Thank you, Pedro. I think it's, it's really good to... Thank you. I hope that helps. That helps. Know and again, that, yeah. if, people, if people are struggling with anger, go talk to somebody. You can talk to me. I'm happy to, to, to help you <laughs> through that um, because forgiveness is, is necessary. Um, thank you, thank Billy, you. for that question. Billy Chan, uh, always asking difficult questions here, but uh, helping us get <laughs> to heaven. Um, you can send him questions and follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Emily Jaminet on the devotion to the Sacred Heart and we meet singer-songwriter Wade McNutt. So don't go anywhere.
Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm sure that most of you have seen images of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You've probably heard of the first Friday devotions, and most certainly you've heard of the Feast of the Sacred Heart, which is the Friday after the second Sunday after Pentecost. But do you know anything else? Well, some 350 years ago, Jesus revealed himself in a series of visions to a French nun, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. In the visions, Jesus showed Margaret Mary his burning heart and shared with her how much he loved her and how much he loved the whole world. And with the help of her confessor, Father Claude de la Colombière, St. Margaret Mary spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart around the world and was instrumental in having the Feast of the Sacred Heart instituted in the church calendar. Emily Jaminette has a deep devotion to the Sacred Heart and is the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. She has just published a book, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus's Promises in Your Life. And so to tell us all about this devotion, I am now joined by Emily Jaminette. Emily, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really a privilege to be on this program and to talk about one of my very favorite devotions, devotion to the Sacred Heart. Yes, well, I'm, 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 I'm glad that it's your favorite devotion since <laughs> you seem to have dedicated a lot of your life to this devotion. Now, I just mentioned St. Margaret Mary, and maybe some of our listeners have heard about her, but did the, did the devotion to the Sacred Heart begin even before her? Yes, it's kind of a beautiful history. It was revealed slowly over the course of time. For uh -huh. many of us, we can look at the scripture where St. John the Apostle places his heart, his head on Jesus's heart. Yes. And that is the beginning of, you know, really a, an amazing opportunity to understand the significance of the heartbeat of our Lord and mm. that invitation to hear the heartbeat of our Lord in our life. And yet as the devotion and as times um, have progressed, we had, you know, St. Gertrude the Great, and okay. she speaks about uh, the Sacred Heart devotion very beautifully. And there's a lineage of saints, but St. Margaret Mary Alacoque in the 1670s really brought this to light through mm -hmm. these apparitions of Jesus appearing to her and really telling all of humanity about his deep love that he has. And St. Margaret Mary Alacoque is also the saint that really brought to light not only these 12 promises, for, for her, there was many more promises, right. but they're summarized in the 12 promises. Yeah. But and also, I wanted, sorry, yeah, go I, ahead. can I just interrupt? And, and, yes. Because I, I wanted to ask you about the promises. So, so he actually revealed these promises to St. Margaret Mary. He actually said, yes, if he, people do this devotion, these are the promises. Yes. And that's the first thing is that we have to know that our Lord is a covenant keeper, right? Yeah. He makes promises all through the scriptures. Hmm. Uh, he builds a covenant within the Old Testament. And so the devotion to the Sacred Heart is not separate from our Catholic faith and from living an authentic faith. It's more of an invitation okay. to, to seek those blessings, right? Graces in your state in life are a fruit of an active prayer life rooted in our faith. So the 12 promises, um, you can read all of her letters that she's written, much like the diary of St. Faustina, mm -hmm. but the Lord continues to reveal many of these. The 12 promises are a direct summary. So it's a lot easier to kind of understand um, the language in which he expresses his, his deep love in the areas he wants to us to seek these graces. Right. I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask, and I wasn't quite sure how to ask it, because I think that 
there might be a little danger of superstition. Like if I do this, then I'm going to get this reward, but that's not how it works. Right. I mean, these are promises that we, they're not, these, these are graces that we will receive no matter how we engage in, in that spiritual life. Right. Like it's not. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that was one of the things I got involved in the ministry that I'm involved in that promotes the enthronement, sacred heart enthronement network. And our first meeting as a board was to say, we are not going to mislead Catholics. We want to point them back to the very heart of our Lord, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, what that looks like for us as Catholics. Mm -hmm. And it's not superstition, right? We don't, you, you, you fall in love with the, the person that you're called to marry not because of what they're going to yeah. give you. And that's yes. even the language of the analogy. writings. Yes. You know, you, you, you are amazed by what, um, you know, for the right reasons, the essence of who they are. And that's what I am so excited and honored to be able to promote this. I like to say it's a beginning point, not an end point. Mm-hmm. So okay. you don't practice this for the 12 promises. Check. I'm done. I am thrown. Right. We did it first Friday. It is absolutely a blueprint to setting up your life okay. and really setting up the lineage for your family to follow. So okay. I'm very excited um, to share that. And I, and I get the, I get the sense that that's how you formatted the book. I mean, as a, as a kind of a, an entryway or, or, a, or a, an invitation, can you, can you explain how a little bit about how the book is formatted Sure. Um, and, and, so- and why? Yes. And why? Um, Secrets of the Sacred Heart. The the most important word in the subtitle is uh, 12 ways to claim Jesus's promises in your life. It's an opportunity for each of us to see that it's just our response to the Lord. He's always offering us his heart. He's Mm -hmm. always loving us. It's our response. So um, it's more of a devotional book. It's not intimidating. It's written with opening up, explaining the promise, introducing you to the promise explaining the biblical, even the the biblical foundation, these promises, like you said, are not superstition, you know, Uh such as your state in life, you know, what, what is your state in life? It's really important to know what is my vocation? What are the graces that I need here and now? Um, Just that really that point to ponder. So there's Mm -hmm. a point to ponder Mm -hmm. to explore the devotion and then to really um, what does this mean to me? When you ponder it, there's some questions that you can ask yourself and, journal, you know, do it in a book club. I just led a a parish wide club books club, because these questions are important, you know, such as what is my relationship with Jesus Christ is how, when I see his heart outside of his body, you know, am I intimidated by this? You know, what are the obstacles that are holding me back Uh from, from loving our Lord? So hopefully it's a springboard. It's just an opportunity for you to see that the Lord is offering you a blueprint for stability, spiritual stability in your life. Yeah. And you will be blessed because he makes for a great best friend. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, let me ask you about this in the time that we have left about this enthronement. Um, you, you do mention it in the book, but really the book is not so much about that as, as it is about the promises. But you are the executive director of this organization that, it, that promotes the particular enthronement. And that is part of the devotion. So can you explain how that works, what it is and how it works? Yes. So the enthronement comes out of around 1907 where there was a priest praying um, in Perrier, where St. Margaret Mary Alico was. And he received this understanding that if images were placed on the wall, fulfilling that desire, what Jesus asked St. Margaret Mary Alico to expose and mm-hmm. honor the heart of Jesus, that you shall be blessed. So he created a, a ceremony. Our ceremony, the ceremony does not take longer than 20 minutes, you know, okay. but 
It has three key parts. You prepare for Jesus to come as King, Savior, and friend of your family. And then you enthrone him on it. You put him in a predominant place. You don't put him in the back corner of your laundry okay, room. And, yes. But you, you, you proclaim that publicly in your home. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And then you live out that covenant, that covenant of love. You live it out through your daily prayers of aspirations to, you know, visiting the image and, and, and developing an understanding that this image is a reminder of something so much greater. And that's, we put our trust in Jesus. And I can tell you, um, Deacon, that many, many people have experienced what I like to call little miracles and mm-hmm. tremendous gifts of insight, healing, faith, um, restoration of marriage and relationships with children. And it's not just the miracle, but it's also the ability to tackle that mountain that you might have been ignoring in your own family life. So Uh just a really great new beginning for a family. I, I can't encourage um, the enthronement enough. Yeah. And you do mention some of those stories in, in the book. So enthronement, so people can think of it as a little altar or some sort of little space, that 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 is as you said a, a prominent place in the home um that will also i think give you a focal point for the devotion so that you are praying in front of this image um as you do the devotion um we're gonna have to leave it there but this is i hope that this has been very uh interesting to our listeners especially as we approach the feast of the sacred heart um there's so many treasures in our tradition and this is just one way to to uh I guess, to really understand that deep love that Christ has for us um, and for the whole world. So thank you, Emily, for, for the work that you do, for telling us about it today and for writing the book. And hopefully, as you said, this will be an invitation for a lot of people to, uh, to enter deeper into that relationship with Christ. Well, thank you for having me on. It's really a privilege. And I hope your listeners can visit me at welcomeisheart.com and learn more about the Sacred Heart, the month of the Sacred Heart. Yes. Go deeper, get my book, and um, connect with me at my personal site, emilyjaminette.com. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Emily Jaminette is a mother. She's an author, speaker, radio host, and she's also the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. Her latest book, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises in Your Life is published by Ave Maria Press. And as Emily mentioned, her website is Emily Jaminet, and it's J-A-M-I-N-E-T, emilyjaminet.com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. And uh, she also mentioned the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. That's at welcomehisheart.com. That's an easy site to go to, welcomehisheart.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Wade McNutt with the title track of his new album, Fall Into Your Love. I will fall into your love, Christ. Fall into your love, my Savior. Yeah, my Savior. Fall into your love, Christ. Fall into your love, my Savior. I'm letting go, I'm letting go, I'm making a leap into your arms, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, I'm making a leap into your arms, 
That was Wade McNutt with Fall Into Your Love from his album of the same name. Wade McNutt is a pianist, a piano instructor, composer, liturgical musician, singer, songwriter. And now with this new album, he's a recording artist. And we're saying we're saying that Fall Into Your Love is his first album. But in reality, Wade McNutt has recorded like 11 instrumental piano albums. You can check them all out on Spotify. This new album is a collection conceived over the last year, and it includes 14 songs covering a whole range of musical styles. And two of the songs, including the title track that we just heard, um, are published by Worship Now Publishing. And so it is uh, with great pleasure that I welcome Wade McNutt to the program. Wade, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey, thank you so much for uh, inviting me. It's good to be here. No, I'm, Let's I'm talk glad. about some stuff, man. I'm ready. Let's go. You're ready. You're ready. Should, should I tell people that I, I thought that your website, Piano Meditations, was actually Piano Medications? Mm. <laughs> Pianomedications.com. Yeah, it's a little bit different of a 
piano vibe, I think, with medications. But although uh, my the site that you know that it was built around originally was all my instrumental CDs, right? Which can put you asleep. Uh, it's good for road rage too. Uh, so in a way, it's kind it of could work. Medication. Yeah, it it could work. It could work. I can see that. Um, but before we talk about any of that, I want to just back up. So, like, did you grow up? You're in Texas. Did you grow up in Texas? Were you Catholic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those like proud Texans, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> grew up Catholic, uh, playing in the church. Although I did, uh, you know, when you have some sort of musical ability, you kind of get pulled in by all yes. kinds of churches. And so in, in the little small town I was in, Hereford, Texas, uh, I did play at the Catholic Church, but then I played at uh, the Nazarene Church and Trinity and right. Baptist and uh, all rounds. over the place too, which yeah. is so cool because I've been yep. been part of so many communities uh, and they're just full of beautiful people and right. Um, so yeah, so that's been a neat part of the journey uh, is doing that. But yeah, yeah. Did you? I, I guess you started playing piano when you were little. Did your parents make you take piano lessons? How was that? I did. Yeah, you know how little kids will they'll they'll hit the piano keys. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, according to mom, I didn't do that. I just uh, was figuring stuff out the whole time. I would play a note and I would play another and I'd put it nice. together. And yeah, I just never, that was never part of. So I was always trying to figure out music. I think the first thing I ever did was pots and pans and playing yeah. the drums. And mm -hmm. um, so that's a good way to annoy your siblings. Um, yeah. Not as much as, uh, I don't know, kind of both are, are pretty good for it. I, I have memories of my brother's turning the TV up so loud that it just wasn't fun to play the piano anymore. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, and that's the way they handled me. Are they, are they musicians as well? Your brothers no. or no. So you're no, the only one. No, eh? Brothers aren't uh, parents are not really, uh, but I do have some further down the line uh, piano members that uh, piano members, uh, family members that, that are musicians. So. Right. And you, you, you have a music degree from university. That's what you studied. I do. Yeah. I went to a, a college called South Plains College. It's a junior college. Okay. Uh, but it was one of the first schools to ever start training people to do other kinds of music besides classical. So they, they started with the bluegrass program and uh, eventually okay. went into country rock and roll, nice. R&B. And, and so that's the, the program that I went through uh, because it's the music I loved. You know, they train mm -hmm. you to go to Nashville and LA, yeah, yeah, New yeah. York City and, you know, be, be part of uh bands not just a, a marching band or, mm -hmm. or any classical stuff so i went there uh was out uh, for a couple years finished my bachelor's degree and then uh, a job opening opened up and i took my piano teacher's job because he retired nice so that's what um, you're teaching now yeah so, yeah so then i was there for eight years uh and th and then i started waking up in the middle of the night with visions of something else I needed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. Cause right now it's, well, I'm starting to see the fulfillment of uh, that vision. I resigned in 2016, but, but I resigned with nothing uh, like no equipment, no uh -huh. album, no. And so here I am uh, releasing this album. We, we have all this equipment, a trailer where we're like ready to go. Uh, the, me and the family, me and my, my wife and my four kids. Oh my gosh. Okay. Get going so, on ministry. <laughs> so no, and I do want to get to the, to the new album, but yeah. so like, but, but so during all that time, even after you resigned at the, at the college, uh -huh. did you continue teaching online? Cause you do like on, you have videos yeah. where you teach people how to play piano by ear or whatever. Like yeah, you, see, you're still doing that. That was the great thing about being at the colleges. You taught so many ranges of students from never touched a piano before to, you know, seasoned mm -hmm. uh, pianist. And, and so I really got a feel for how to 
teach people when I released my first piano meditation, uh, Christian piano meditation album, mm -hmm. I thought, how can I promote this thing? And so I thought, maybe I'll do a lesson online and teach how I played this. Well, then the lessons took off way more than the, the, the music the ever did That's initially. Funny. Yeah. And, and so then I started getting all these followers on YouTube and I thought, well, maybe I should create a website or something. Uh, so a few years later, uh, we saved up and we, we did our first website, pianochops.com, uh -huh. uh, which teaches a range of music. But I would say it's pretty heavily toward uh, church musicians mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of respects because a lot of those people find their way over right. to the site. So, so when I left the school, uh, that's what I was doing was building up that business. And that business right. has been helping feed into. That's a great so, so you mentioned the dream, yeah. literally, and maybe also uh -huh. not so literally. Was that kind of the, the catalyst or did something else change that made you want to, like, were you yeah. writing songs well, all well, along anyway? An angel came to me, said that my <laughs> wife is going to have a baby. No, um, it was a big surprise. I was, I was uh, scared. No, um, no, the dream, I, I think. It was that, and you know, this restlessness that you feel inside. Yeah, yourself. I yeah, think yeah. sometimes God gives you this restlessness. And, yes, yes. And um, and I just knew I, I actually had applied for a job, came up at a, a camp, at, uh, I think somewhere in Georgia. And so my wife and I applied to take over the camp. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't get it. We didn't even get an interview, uh, which is fine. But I think it was a, a a big tell that man, we need to be like looking. to do ministry. We need to be open, and yeah, we need to see what's next and. And uh, we, we even tried to buy a bigger house in that town and the contract would fall through three days before, like wow. two or three times in a row. So you and, really uh, felt that it was like a call to do specific to do ministry, like work, lead worship kind of exactly. thing more actively. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the vision uh, is, you know, when you go on a retreat and you, you have this new fire inside of you and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, you just, yeah. you, you kind of get back on the train of, all right, I got a prayer. I got to get my family lined up. I got to, you know. I think we all need that boost every once in a while. Um, but part of the vision is trying to bring, bring something that's very high quality uh, to parishes, big parishes, small parishes that can't afford it, mm -hmm. bring it everywhere and, and give parishes uh, people that, that little boost to jump into their faith or maybe the first time ever to go, I should look into this faith thing, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been going to church all my life and I hadn't looked into it yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, so tell me a bit about the album, like with these songs that you had been written over yeah. the last, or did you actually write the whole thing last year? Yeah. So some of them have been songs that I've been working on for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have a, a file of shame, I call it. Of yeah. You just write lots and lots of songs and some of them aren't good, but I, I took the good ones I've been writing. And then during the uh, pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, four or five, six more came out uh, that were good ones. There were more than that. Uh, and yeah, so then I jumped on, let's, let's make this recording happen. My engineer who manages a band and does all kinds of stuff. Okay. His schedule was canceled. Yeah, so of course. He said, he's like, I said, I, I contacted him. So let's meet up. I'm ready to do an album. He said, how about next week? Nice. All right, let's go. So, so. what would you say? What would you say? Uh, we know what the title track is. Yes. But what would the album, what would you say if the songs are kind of, they feel like they're sort of about a lot of things, what would you say the album is about? Yeah, um, I think you can just kind of see the journey of of uh, my family and and I and uh, everything is from personal experience and and stuff that we felt over time. So, um, 
but more than anything, what the title track says, you know, falling into falling the love of Christ, um, being open to that and knowing that that's what we ultimately uh, need. Everything kind of wraps itself around mm-hmm. that one, one big theme. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Especially we just finished doing an interview uh, about the devotion to the sacred heart. Yeah. Um, and that's the thesis coming up uh, next week. So I think that that song, when I finished that interview and I said, and coming up is, you know, Wade McNutt with fall into your love. And I thought, what a perfect song yes. to lead us into that devotion to the sacred heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Wade, I hope that you're still writing some more songs and that you're going to be recording and so that we can get to hear some, some more of this good stuff. You and my wife, she's <laughs> like, you need to, re- I'm tired of hearing these songs, write some more. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Good. I'll At least she likes there. your music and she's it's, not telling you to stop writing. <laughs> yeah. She is particular about some of this. Yeah. That's a good point though. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, Wade, it's been really good meeting you. I, yes. I love the music. I hope that there's more to come. And uh, and blessings on you, to you and your family and and in your in, in your ministry that's just beginning. Absolutely. Hopefully, we run into each other here in the I, future. I, I I hope so too. Take care. God bless. Thank you. God bless. You can learn all about Wade McNutt at his website wademcnutt.com, and make sure you check him out on Spotify and check out his YouTube channel. Also, so you can learn some piano playing there, and also the website he mentioned pianochops.com for uh, some easy piano training. Um, if you missed any part of this interview, head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast, because all our programs are archived there. Now, to take us out, here is Wade McNutt with Now and Forever from his new album, Fall Into Your Love. Wade McNutt with Now and Forever from his new album, Fall Into Your Love. 
And that will take us to the end of the program this week. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at slmedia.org. Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. I love to receive your messages. Be sure to watch my limited series, Ethics and Pandemics, at slmedia.org. First episode deals with questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. And episode two will look at the people that have been most affected by this pandemic. I hope that you can watch it. Stay safe, continue praying for each other, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt of My Hour. No!